Howdy, friends, and welcome to the Old Hat Podcast. This is James Chambliss, your host, and I am Old Hat. This is episode 18 of the Old Hat Podcast, the COVID-19 edition, I guess you might say. Uh, Sorry about that. That's a heck of a place to pick up on after a long hiatus, but I'm very glad you're here. I'm actually very glad that I'm here. Uh, In the first week of December, it looked like I might not be here anymore. I established very firmly that I cannot fly. I don't even bounce very well, as it turns out. More on that later. This show is brought to you by coffee. Thanks, John. The Pete's Major Dickinson blend is fantastic. And also brought to you by new coffee plants. Thank you, Margaret. It was such a delight to uh, see the FedEx truck drive up and give me a box full of coffee plants to decorate my house with and hopefully, at some point, harvest my very own coffee crop. And and I'll let you know how that goes because that'll be a lot of fun to figure out. So today's show is... uh, here with the ideal that uh, we need to talk about what's going on. Uh, I haven't been, this is the first time I've been back at my desk since December the 8th, y'all. I walked off a retaining wall and uh, did the splits for a brief period of time and then remembered some old training from the fire department days and from falling off a lot of horses and uh, threw myself into the garden and flipped around in the backyard for a while. Sprained my entire self Uh, When I quit bouncing, my border collie, Emmylou, ran up and snuggled up under my arm and rolled over on her back and just howled her heart out. Oh, it was the saddest thing you ever heard. And I thought, man, if the border collie thinks you're dying, this could be serious. (laughs) But as it turns out, I was okay. Well, I wasn't okay. I knew I wasn't okay. But you remember that scene from The Grinch? The movie with Jim Carrey where he and the dog, you know, oh, come here, Max, I love you. And then after a minute, he goes, all right, that's enough. Get away from me. I had to do that with Emmy Lou because I was trying to calm. The first thing I had to do when I quit bouncing was to calm my border collie down. And then I had to make her get off of me because she was laying on the side where my cell phone was. And I had to call for help. So I called my bride and I called my oldest and said, hey, I believe I've hurt myself. I'm laying in the backyard If you could come find me, I'd really appreciate that. (laughs) I sprained everything except the lower half of my left ear. And man, I spent December mostly in a wheelchair and January on crutches. And I'm still walking around on a cane. But I have finally managed to get all the way back into my office. And I am so happy about that because I've missed you guys. A lot of other things have happened since the last time we talked. But... uh, You know, the thing about life is if you want to have interesting stories to tell, you're going to have to do interesting things. And I've done a lot of interesting things in the last several months, aside from nearly killing myself in my own backyard. And I'll tell you about those as uh, as we get time and chance to. But here in the midst of uh, the coronavirus excitement, I decided that a friendly podcast might actually be a helpful thing in some of these uncertain days. Um... And, you know, I really haven't seen anything like this. Last week, I was at the grocery store, and, y'all, I was just buying groceries. I was in there with my list, which is very organized. I actually get a lot of comments about the grocery list because it's a it's a spreadsheet that's been printed. And, so, and there behind it is a spreadsheet with the menu on it for the week that has a list of all the things that you need on it. It's something my bride came up with, and it works great, but it makes us kind of stand out at the grocery store. Certainly... You don't see a lot of cowboys walking around that organized at the grocery store. Anyway, I got in line to check out, and a woman, uh, people were still friendly. 
you know, but there were, every checker was open. I've never seen that at our grocery store ever. And there were four or five people in every line. And so I got in line behind somebody and the woman next to me noticed I didn't have any toilet paper in my grocery cart. And she said, did you need to get some toilet paper? And I said, well, it's not on my list. So I guess not. And she said, well, they're out in the back. There's none on the shelves. And she was very upset about that. And y'all, we were standing next to a display full of toilet paper. <laughs> so I was, okay, that's an odd thing to panic about. But if that's what you want to do, okay. Well, today we had to go back to the grocery store. A little worried about it because I've been hearing a lot of people online talk about how busy it is and getting in knife fights on the toilet paper aisle or whatever. I wasn't going to have any of that. We went this morning. It wasn't crowded. And the we had the produce section to ourselves for the most part. There wasn't a lot of people. Nobody was fighting over the strawberries and potatoes and garlic. So we did okay there. The only thing in the meat department was ground beef. And he was just putting it out. So I think we just hit that just right. Uh, we went to the bakery. And there was very little bread there. They were baking it. But there wasn't anything to buy. And I've decided that uh, this situation has healed a lot of people of their gluten problem. Because the bread was gone. On the store-bought bread aisle instead of the bakery bread aisle, it was we, we ended up getting some hamburger buns, which works out because I've got some uh, barbecue that I made in the backyard, so that'll work great with that. Uh, and I'm joking about the gluten-free. I know it's because everybody suddenly got kids home and they're eating lunch meat and uh, American cheese on white bread sandwiches. I know how that works. And suddenly feeding your kids three meals a day is really a challenge for anybody, and I know that. And, of course, everybody's having to feed their kids three meals a day because school's out and everything's closed and everybody wants you to stay home and nobody wants you to come out and see anything or go anywhere and do anything. So you're just on quarantine in the house. And I get that. And I know some of you have been preparing for this moment all of your life. Please tell me to go home and not leave my house. I know a lot of people are excited about that. I spend a lot of time at the house. My bride and I both work from here, and so we're here an awful lot, but we have curtailed our excursions quite a bit as well. Uh, we have had our grandkids over a lot because they're out of school, so that gets to be a challenge if you're trying to keep a job and have your kids out of school. That's been challenging for a lot of people, I know. So I thought maybe a podcast might help with the, the quarantine, might make it go just a little easier to have somebody to talk to, and you can let your kids listen to this podcast. It's okay. I can be old hat, I can be grandpa hat, I can be daddy hat, whatever we need that'll help. That's what I'm here for. You probably don't need me along with all the other experts telling you how to wash your hands and sing the happy birthday song, and you don't need me to tell you about social distancing. Uh, I've started telling people here on St. Patrick's Day to wave at me, I'm Irish, instead of kiss me, I'm Irish, as I usually say. The social distancing does kind of get to me, because y'all, I'm a hugger. Uh, and I like to see people, and I, I will automatically shake hands with just about anybody and hug your neck if I have even the slightest excuse. So the social distancing is a is a challenge for me sometimes. So this is my trick. When I, when I start getting a little uh, closed in and not liking the social distancing, I stop and think about the people I don't want to see anyway, and I just go, well, okay, I'm, I'm glad that I have an excuse to be distant from some of these knuckleheads. Maybe that'll help you too. Tell you something else I've noticed. Uh, it's it's easy it's easy to socially distance yourself in the garden patch. Uh, it's probably true for any chore that involves hard work, but if you start to working with a shovel or a scuffle hoe or something like that, 
it's real easy to be by yourself. People come up with the wildest excuses to not work in the garden. Oh, I've got to rearrange my sock drawer, man, or I would. But uh, no, I'm out of town or I'd come help you plow. But so if you really want to be by yourself and want to be productive at the same time, then it might be time to pin it in a garden. I think that's a great idea. You know, when I was at the grocery store last week, I asked the checker if she'd ever seen anything like this. And she said, no, I never even heard of anything like this. And I said, well, how old were you in, in 2001? Oh, wait, were you born in 2001 at all? She said, no, I wasn't. I said, okay, well, after 9-11, the stores looked a lot like this, except nobody was smiling. And that's been the difference in this. Everybody was nice to me that day. I can get most people to smile at me. Uh, today, same thing, all the help, although they're, you know, they're busy. They're working all the hours they can. They're exposed to anybody that's got anything. They were still smiling. They were still happy to see each other. Uh, so that's different because on 9-11, if you remember, and if you weren't old enough, kids, I can tell you that after the f planes flew into the World Trade Center towers, uh, the grocery store was busy, but nobody was talking. There wasn't an awful lot. Everybody was very... Uh, angry and terrified and didn't know what was coming next. And this time, I have to tell you, I'm seeing more confusion than I am fear. You know, we're not sure why we're hiding from the flu because we've had the flu before. And I know I'm not saying it's only the flu, but I just there is some confusion there. And we're, you know, we're not we're not angry. There's no enemy to fight with here like there was after 9-11. And we're not mad. We're a little frustrated because everything's different and nobody likes change. Nobody likes a second week of spring break, right, kids? <laughs> okay, maybe you like a second a second spring break. That's okay. But your parents are struggling with this. You know that, right? <laughs> so be patient with us old people. We're struggling with change here. But the thing to remember is to not give in to the fear because there's a lot to be afraid of, just the uncertainty. And if you spend any amount of time online, you know, People are peddling fear. I don't know why the the people that, I don't know. I don't need to go to picking on people, but it seems like folks want us to be scared. And I don't really think we have that much reason to be. I think we need to be smart, but that's always true, isn't it? We need to wash our hands, but that's always true, isn't it? We need to take care of ourselves, but that's always true, isn't it? If you get sick, you get well. That's, that's what you do. If you need... Uh, Medicine, you get it. If you need to go to the doctor, you go to the doctor. And I get that the ideal behind this shelter-in-place ideal or the social distancing is to flatten the curve, right, so that everybody doesn't go to the hospital at the same time. We kind of spread that out. Got a couple of friends that are emergency room doctors and a lot of friends that are nurses, PAs, and things like that, and they are working themselves crazy through this time. And uh, so keep them on your prayer list, but they're not – they're not operating in fear. They're operating in their skills. They know what they're doing. So we need to think about what we know how to do and focus on that. Have you ever noticed in TV shows or some, sometimes something will happen for me, something will happen and, and I'll know it's not that way, right? Sometimes you, I saw one of the Fast and Furious movies years ago and the guy shifted a, a standard transmission about 14 times. And I happen to know... <laughs> That there's not a, you know, a standard shift 14 gear machine out there in the world that I'm familiar with, certainly not made uh, in a muscle car. Uh, and so, you, you know, there are things, you know, like guns, 
one of my favorite movies is Tombstone, and you may have noticed in the big shootout at the OK Corral, uh, Doc Holliday shoots his six-shot revolver about 47 times without ever reloading. And those of us who have old six-shot revolvers go, dude, that doesn't work that way. And my point is, sometimes things happen and you go, okay, I know about that, and they got that wrong. And you do that too, right? I used to be an EMT, and so sometimes something will happen on a medical show, which I try not to watch anyway. And I'll know it's not that way because I know that much about emergency medicine. So I know enough to know that's not true. The thing I want you to remember is there's probably other things that they're getting wrong that you don't know they're wrong about. I've read so many experts on so many different topics through this whole thing. And all I know to do is take the information in and not be driven by any of it, not be terrified by any of it, not to be afraid of any of it. Just go, well, that's something I didn't know. That's a different perspective on that. I don't know that there's one expert that knows exactly what's happening or exactly what's going to happen. And so your job is just to take care of your business, do what you need to do to take care of yourself and those around you. That's, that's your job. And you know what? You know how to do that. You've been doing that all your life. You take care of yourself and you take care of your family. You take care of your neighbors and friends. Just keep doing that. That's what you're an expert in. That's what you need to focus on. It's what you are good at. That's your skill set. And to do all of that, you're going to have to not give in to the fear. And I'll tell you, you may know this, but every time an angel showed up in the Bible, doesn't matter who they were talking to. They always said the same thing first. Fear not. That's pretty good advice from a pretty reliable source. You know, angels come from the throne room. They're they're messengers, right? And so God's on his throne and he says, hey, go talk to this person and tell them this. And so the angel shows up, says, fear not. Well, you don't have to be afraid. If the guy that came from talking with God tells you not to be afraid, that's a pretty good reason to calm down, I think. And every angel that ever showed up said that same thing. And I've told that to a lot of people in uh, 2008, uh, my bride got uh, uh, in a serious medical situation, and and it, we had one of those tests at the hospital um, as an outpatient, right? Just check in and take this test. But they said, look, uh, if it's uh, if it goes well, then we'll send you home, and if it goes poorly, then we won't be able to let you leave. The tech can't tell you what you know the answer is, but they can't let you leave. And of course, you know me. <laughs> kind of mouthy. And I said to the tech, you know, I don't believe you're big enough to keep us here. If we decide to leave, do you have help? Is there a plan here? And she said, we are required to call the police if you try to leave and it's a bad, you know, situation. I'm like, okay, well, fair enough. They can whoop me. All right. I got it. And when the test was over, she couldn't tell us the results, but she did tell us she couldn't leave. And so we're sitting in the waiting room trying to figure out what happens next. And we were scared And I said to my bride, hey, you know what? Every time an angel showed up in the Bible, they said, fear not. So we need to hang on to that. We need to not be afraid just because that's what the angel said, right? And, you know, we're just looking for any way to comfort one another in that situation. And finally, somebody came and put her in a wheelchair and said, all right, we're going down here to do this next thing. And we're headed down the hall and there's a a room with a baby crying in it. Just crying his heart out. Well, just Oh, so upset. And this uh, sounded like a grandmother, an East Texas country grandma. And she said, y'all don't be scared now. (laughs) I tapped my bride on the shoulder and said, that's an East Texas angel right there. Y'all don't be scared now. (laughs) I feel that way about this coronavirus. Is it scary? Yes. 
Don't be scared. Don't give in to the fear. That won't help. I tend to hang on to uh, interesting little tidbits of information that comfort me. And one of them was, y'all remember that uh, the cruise ship off of Japan where they quarantined everybody because they had this coronavirus, the COVID-19 on the cruise ship? I guess I thought everybody on the cruise ship had it. I mean, I don't know. Nobody ever said how many people had it, but I thought everybody had it. And then I read some analysis from a guy writing in Israel about the numbers, and I can't explain numbers to you. Y'all know that. But um, the fact was only about 20% of the people on the cruise ship actually got the COVID-19 virus. And I was like, wait, only 20% got it? Because, y'all, they're breathing the same air. You know what I mean? They're research. That's like quarantining you to the back seat of my truck, right? We're all breathing the same air still. They've got one common dining area. That's really okay. 20% got it. Okay. I felt better. That's a little thing, but I felt better about it. I'm not making light of anything. I don't want anybody to get it. And y'all, I'm in the, you know, when they say check on the elderly, when I started thinking about who that would be, I figured people would start calling me. So I kind of know where I'm at on that flow chart. But uh, but little statistics like that, I, that makes me feel better. You know, it's not the plague. We're not all going to get it. Uh, it's, uh, it's a smaller percentage than that. It's a lot of people, and we don't want anybody to get it. That's why we're social distancing. That's why we're washing our hands. That's why we're doing what we know how to do instead of just being paralyzed by fear. Heard somebody say that they were doing uh, quarantine and chill. <laughs> I got to doing math and thinking... There could be a lot of Christmas babies come out of this, if you think about it. <laughs> this is still a family show, y'all, but that's where families come from. Uh, gestation's about nine months, kids, so you could have a lot of babies born in December, <laughs> which will be interesting, won't it? We're going to have a lot of uh, angry children, because if your birthday's in December and Christmas is in December, don't you always kind of feel rooked? Because, you know, they always kind of get mashed together. Your birthday has a Christmas tree in the background. Nobody likes that. And I know that because a lot of people in my family are born in December. I was not one of them. I'm a summer baby. And, you know, if there's a lot of babies born in this December, in about 13 years, we can call them the quarantines. Instead of millennials or Gen Zers or Gen Yers or boomers, they can be quarantines at that point. And the, the official drink of uh, the coronavirus is quarantinis. It's a martini you drink at home by yourself. You've probably heard that. A sweet friend of mine who I call Snow White, uh, the first day of their second week at home, her daughter, you know, they'd had spring break and they were supposed to be back at school, but her daughter's now at, her kids are at home because, you know, we're not going to school anymore. And her, the first thing her daughter did that morning was declare, we're going to watch Tangled which was perfect, right? Because it's a girl that lives alone in a castle, you know, in a big tower. One person goes out for groceries and comes back. She's not allowed to talk to anybody. That's some good social distancing right there. So that's a good movie to watch. So other movies to watch during a quarantine, you could watch Home Alone, of course. I mean, that makes the perfect sense, right? Uh, Blast from the Past is one of my favorite movies. I could probably quote all the lines but I watch whenever my family says, Hey, let's watch a movie. Hey dad, what do you want to watch? It's either blast from the past or the jungle book. And I don't care which one I like them both cast away. You could watch cast away. Uh, the Tom Hanks film, you know, Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson are cast away. Now they're in Australia and they both have, um, the COVID-19 virus. And if I'm not mistaken, his wife, Rita Wilson put out, a, uh, put out quarantines, things to listen to while you're in quarantine. Bless their hearts. 
you could watch Blue Lagoon. We're back to that previous conversation. Kids, your parents might not want you to watch Blue Lagoon, but your parents watch Blue Lagoon. I'm just saying. Apollo 13, right? That's about as distant as it is possible to get socially <laughs> in a space capsule circling the moon. Red Dawn, not sure about that, but definitely some social issues there. Conspiracy theory. Oh my gosh, there's been a lot of conspiracy theories through this thing, hasn't there? <laughs> You could probably do a lot more useful things than watch movies, but movies is a good thing to watch during this kind of time, I think. It uh, gives you somewhere else to be with your head. That's not a bad thing. Also gives you an opportunity to share your favorite movies with your kids. If you haven't seen this one, I've got some friends, and their kids are watching all of their favorite movies with them that they've never seen before, so they're really having a good time with that. I read uh, a couple of different things uh, that people had done during quarantine situations. Isaac Newton was quarantined during the plague and uh, he invented calculus. And I'm so not interested in that. You know, if it was up to me, calculus would have never been invented. You probably, you probably know that about me. Intro to algebra one in high school was the worst three years of my life. I literally had to take it three times. <laughs> You had to pass it to get out of high school. So I eventually did, but it was a challenge for me. I did, in the fullness of time, come to understand algebra, and I'm a big fan of algebra. Kids, you're not going to like me to say this, and especially if your parents are listening, you don't want to hear this, but uh, algebra is important. You're going to use it all the time. You're going to use it so much that you're not going to realize you're using it. But if you bake cookies, you're using algebra. Uh, if you're trying to figure out how much gas mileage you're getting out of your car, you're using algebra. Even if you decide to be a cowboy like me, you're going to use algebra all the time. Because if you have a sick cow and the medicine says give them two cc's per hundred weight, y'all, that's algebra. It's important. You're going to need it. I'm almost positive calculus is useful. I just don't know how because I didn't make it that far in my math skills. Another guy that was quarantined about the same time frame uh, from the plague was Shakespeare, William Shakespeare, and he wrote sonnets while he was sequestered. I think I could do that. I can write a good sonnet. Maybe we'll try that out next time. But I am completely out on the calculus thing. I will be spending a lot of time in the garden, though. I don't know what's going to come in the next, you know, 30, 60, or 90 days. I don't have a clue. I don't know if there's going to continue to be shortages at the grocery store or if everything's going to be fine in a month. I just don't know. And I decided the worst thing that could happen with a garden is you end up with a lot of vegetables you have to try and give away in 90 days. So I've planted broccoli and cauliflower in my flower beds. I've got a beautiful waterfall in my backyard. It's my favorite place to be. I call it Shangri-La. And there's a little spot right up near where the water falls out and then runs down the hill into a pond. And right where it falls out, there's this little corner of ground, and I planted some yellow crookneck squash there. They have decorative flowers, right? Those big yellow flowers that squash blossoms. So that I decided that was going to be my kind of uh, that was going to be my kind of flowers this year was uh, things I could eat later. And uh, so that's what I'm doing with my flower beds is is putting vegetables in them. I've got carrots to plant. I've got I'm going to plant radishes. Although here in Texas, it's already warming up. And if you grow radishes after it's warm, the radishes are kind of hot, kind of peppery. So, you know what? We'll do a whole nother podcast on gardening if anybody cares about it. <laughs> but I, need, I may need to talk to you some 
uh, some of you people about eggs because they were out of eggs at the grocery store and I may need to hook up on some local eggs because you can't make bread without eggs. We've already decided not to have eggs for breakfast because we've got to save it for making bread with. Not out of fear, but because we can. So I'm calling my garden a victory garden. I'm going to plow up a bunch more land and plant peas and beans and who knows what all. And I think it's going to be great. And if you're nearby, I'll share it with you. Because I always end up having something that I've just eaten and eaten and eaten until I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> so we can swap for eggs, maybe. Anyway, maybe this little podcast will help you not be anxious for a few minutes. And so that's what we're about, is dealing with the anxiety. And you know, some of you deal with anxiety all the time. And I know that. Some of you take medication for your anxiety. Some of you have panic attacks. And I, I know that. And I love you. And I'm sorry you're dealing with that. And I just wanted to say that it might actually be a, might be helpful in dealing with it to know that a lot of other people are just as anxious as you are right now. Because, you know, I know that sometimes knowing other people understand what you're going through helps you. And so just be aware we're all a little anxious right now. It's not just you. And that might help. And I'll tell you something. You may know more about dealing with anxiety than a lot of people around you. This might be a good time to share some of the skills you have learned in the therapy I know you've been to. That's good stuff. Don't keep it to yourself. You can be useful with that. Share the tools that you've developed with the rest of us who are anxious. We can use it. And you know, the best way to learn something is to teach it because you really have to understand it to teach it to somebody else. That's a good thing to do. And I'd say a very similar thing to the Christians. You know, the best way to learn something is to teach it. If you have hope in this situation, try and explain to somebody why you have hope in this situation. That'll help you understand it even better. And you should have hope. You shouldn't be paralyzed with fear. You ought to have hope. We have hope. Jesus said we grieve, but not as those who have no hope. We're kind of grieving our normal right now, but not hopelessly. We shouldn't be hopeless about that, and I'm not. I'm going to wrap up here and just say a couple of things that, you know, it's possible that the people who are buying all the toilet paper paper and bottled water, and y'all, we're not going to edit this thing at all. That would take too long, so we're going to have all the baubles in there. But it's possible the people that are buying the toilet paper and bottled water and everything else in the store are just doing re- retail therapy. That's how they're treating the symptoms is with retail therapy. And that's, you know what that is? That's exercising control of a part of your life that you can control when it seems like everything else is out of control. And it's possible that everything being canceled from schools to concerts to church to sports is the safest thing that we can do. And maybe it's an overreaction, but you know what? We'll never know if we overreacted, right? I remember somebody interviewing George W. Bush asking him about the bailouts. Back in, that's, We're back in the history books again. But there was a big bailout, and it was a big fight, and everybody was upset about it when the housing bubble burst and... After he was out of office, somebody was asking about it. He said, you know what? A lot of the smartest people in government came to me and said, look, if we don't do this, we're going to have a Great Depression. And he said, I don't know. I didn't know what they were really talking about. I didn't understand it. It was all new to me, the stuff they were talking about, kind of like me and calculus. He said, but I believed them. And so we did it. And he said, was it the right thing to do? I don't know. But we didn't have a Great Depression, so I can live with that decision. That's how I feel about this. It may be overreacting, but you know what? And it may be that three weeks from now we'll go, gosh, this was a nothing burger. Well, good. I hope so. (laughs) That would be great, wouldn't it? 
if the worst thing that happens is we prevent the spread of a new virus, I think that's worth staying home for a while. It's possible that this, you know, enforced time of slowing down might be useful to us. We might take time to read or paint or reconnect with those who live nearby or even those who live with us. We're going to see a lot of each other in the next couple of weeks. It's possible the best investment you can make right now is a vegetable garden. I'm going to keep pitching that, I guess. And it's possible in the midst of this kind of chaos and confusion to have peace. I believe that. Peace that the world can't understand or take away. I believe that. And it's possible to share that peace and comfort and love and hope with your friends and to help your neighbors. I believe that. It's possible. And it's possible to think about whatever is true and whatever is noble and whatever is right and whatever is pure and whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, you know, anything that's excellent or praiseworthy. It's possible to think about those things. And that's what I think we should be doing. That's the Old Hat Podcast for today. Stay in, stay asymptomatic, my friends. I hope you don't. I don't hope you don't carry this thing. I hope you don't get this thing. Take care of yourself. Get lots of rest. Drink lots of water. I truly believe that the best is yet to come. <laughs>